women have a unique role in creation. Women are the nurturers, the birth givers, the more spiritual of the genders. And Torah teaches that women have a special status. Join Mashi Lipska for the next hour as she expounds the Torah wisdom specific to women. Only on 101.9 High FM. And I got nerve Shabbos. Somebody asked me if this was me because they didn't recognize my voice. This is the voice that I've got now, and it's me. And a good nerve Shabbos to one and all on this very special day of a very special Torah reading in a very special month and a very special day of the week, getting ready for the most special day in the week, Shabbos. So what is this Parsha? And what is this day? Today is Purim Koton, Purim Katan. If this were not a leap year, today would be the full-blown Purim. And what is the Parsha? The Parsha is Ve'ata Tetzaveh. We call it Tetzaveh. This is the continuation of what happened after Moshe came off the mountain. This is the continuation of how there would be a tabernacle, what would be taking place inside, who would be serving there in order to make a home, a dwelling place, a mishkan from the word shechina for Hashem himself, for the creator of the universe for the infinite creator of the galaxies, of the planets, of the stars, of the tiniest molecule, of all the parts of the molecule, infinite God. This was going to be the place that by following specific instructions, God himself, God's essence, would be vested, would rest, would be revealed in a spot on earth. Precursor, pre-runner to the time of Mashiach. This is a special Parsha because various things happen. But there's one fascinating thing that is pointed out over and over again, that from the birth of Moshe Rabbeinu, at the beginning of the book of Shmot, Shmois, Exodus, when Moshe is born, Moshe's name is mentioned in every single one of the parshas in the book of Exodus, in the book of Leviticus, Shmois, Vayikra, in the book of Numbers, the book of Bamidbar, in the book of Deuteronomy, in Devarim, in every single Parsha, except he's not mentioned in this Parsha. And there are beautiful teachings as to why, and we want to connect with and explore one wonderful one, which talks too much, talks so much to us. But that leads us first to the question that we need to ask ourselves honestly. Who are my heroes? Whom do I admire and to aspire to be like? 
Of course, children, using their five senses, grow to want to be like the people they see around them. They use sight. They use interaction. If something tastes good, they like it. If something sounds good, they like it. Something smells good, something feels good, something looks good. And if we don't develop and mature and begin to use other qualities, other faculties besides the five senses, our heroes will be those people, those things. We will be attracted to sports heroes and models and singers and actresses and Olympic heroes and skaters. And I remember as a child how fixated, how fascinated I was by a certain skater, so graceful, so absolutely perfect. What I saw attracted me. There was beautiful music playing. She had a beautiful little outfit. She was so pretty, external, physical. And those are the heroes, perhaps, that a child has. Although let us not underestimate that when someone is consistently kind, attentive, in a balanced way, those are our heroes for the rest of our lives. We want to please our parents. We can be 95 and our mother is, is 115 and we still yearn for that approval. But there is a difference, Tyra points out, between Re'ia and Shmi'a. When Hashem asked us through my shift we would accept the Tyra, what did we say? We said, Na'asevenishma. Na'aseh, yes, we'll do it. Venishma, and we will hear, listen, study. The inner meaning really means, like when I say, I hear you, it means I get what you're saying. It's not a physical experience. It's a, an experience of internalizing what you are saying. And our sages say, You can't compare what someone tells you to what you see. On the other hand, the quality of hearing, of internalizing, is at the center of Judaism. How do we know? What is our central prayer? Shema Yisrael. Moshe pleads with us, hearken, listen, Israel. And then what does he go on to say? He says, Hashem, transcendent God, infinite God, creator, heaven and earth, down to the tiniest creation. He is Elokeinu. He is our imminent God. That transcendent God, Hashem Echad, is one. What do we mean? What is Moshe saying to us? Shema, listen, much more than that. However, it takes a little bit of discussion. 
You're listening to Conversations with Mashi only on 101.9 High FM. I'm Mashi Lipsker. This is High FM. And we're talking about heroes. Who are our heroes? Are they those we encounter with our five senses? Or should there be more than that? And obviously, when you're a child and your emotions rule, when it's not the mind directing the emotions, we're still trying to grow up. Obviously, the visual plays a great part. But we're at a disadvantage today because social media and movies and television and glossy magazines have actually kept us as children. They have kept us fixated with the external. And it's something we need to think about because life is much more than that. I'm never going to be that model, that sportsman. I'm never going to be that gymnast, that catwalker. But I can be so much because Hashem has filled me with a myriad of abilities. I have a godly soul. I've got a godly mission. And every day is an exciting adventure much more than a television serial. I just need to focus within. Who are the real heroes? They're actually in the Chumash, in the Gemara, but there's no photos. And to connect with Avraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Sarah, Rivka, Rachel, Leah, to connect with Levi, Kehos, Amra, Moshe, Aaron, Miriam, Yocheved, Esther, Hamalka, takes using our inner qualities. Today is Purim Katan. What's significant about Purim? Purim, the Megillah is significant, the miracle is significant. And it's only the only one of the 24 books of the Tanakh, of the Bible, where God's name is not mentioned. In this Parsha, Moshe's name is not mentioned. And in the Megillah, God's name is not mentioned. Perhaps we'll dedicate next week to the Megillah or another week. But for now, just to say that despite the fact that God's name is not mentioned in the Megillah, the message is he is there from beginning to end directing. There's a subplot that we need to use our spiritual eyes to uncover. And the Megillah is a story of our lives because on the surface, it's a story of a king and a queen and a villain and a hero and a set of circumstances as it were. But in truth, it's Hashem directing, shouting, reacting loud and clear. It's a story of our lives. And this Parsha has so much to teach us who are the heroes in this parsha? Aharon and Moshe. Aaron is mentioned many times. Moshe is not mentioned by name 
even once. So many things to learn. The first thing is to learn that our name, our external persona, or our visible physical self is not who we are. That visible external self needs to reflect and frame who we are. So it's not a matter of God made me tall and beautiful. I will be an actress. I will be a model. It's really about saying, I, with my gifts, external gifts, need to represent God in this world. So if I look good, I must make sure that people who are attracted to me, because that is the natural way that God made us, we are attracted to beauty. I must make sure to use my external beauty to share inner beauty, kindness, compassion, goodness, hospitality, everything and anything I can do for the other and for my significant other, Hashem. It is such a centering lesson. Moshe is not mentioned, but he's so present. Va'atah and you. You, your essence. You're more than your name. You're more than the way you look. And when we stop looking in the mirror or stop looking at other people's faces as mirrors for approval, we can focus within, we can study, we can internalize, and we can dedicate ourselves to what Moshe Rabbeinu is really saying in that central six-word prayer. Shema Yisrael. He begs us. He says, listen, you lofty prince Israel, because the name Yisrael indicates our princely, our godly, our priestly side. He says, get in touch with, listen, study about who you really are, Yisrael. And when you study God's guidance, the Torah, you will discover that transcendent God is Elokeinu. Elokim is also power. We walk with God's power when we walk in the way of Torah. We become a conduit for God's presence in this world, His revealed power, His revealed blessings. And Hashem, transcendent God, is Echad. What is Echad? Echad is one. What is Echad made up of? There's an Aleph, which is one. There's a Chet, the number eight. The seven heavens and this earth below. There's a Dalid, indicative of the four directions of the world. Wherever I turn, wherever there's anything in this world, it is Hashem, and it is unified. There are no plots outside of Hashem's plot. Now, when we go within and we start to use not only our eyes and our ears and our taste buds to encounter and experience the world, we realize we have a moyach and a lave, a mind and a heart. 
and we need to cultivate them, but according to divine guidance, Torah, and to allow them to interact with one another. What I'm studying makes me feel so warm and excited. And what I'm feeling spurs me on to want to learn more and to do good things. It's thought, it's feeling. It translates into his kind speech and helping others also to discover this treasure and to action. Actions that bind us to our fellow man and to God himself. We have so many abilities. There are external abilities, even a child has them. But as we mature, we need to develop our internal abilities. And if we spend all our time trying to look better and trying to be more physically attractive, more clothes and more creams and more treatments and more shoes and more bags and more distractions like trips or burying ourselves in fantasy like books, we forget that the world is waiting and Hashem is waiting. We need to use our time to develop our minds and our hearts and our action. We need to become wiser, more sophisticated. We need to develop the ability to combine and apply and infer. A child cannot do that. To know when to close our mouths and open our hands. You know, sometimes Often the things we see confuse and stunt us. Remember that story about a blind woman who's married to an ugly man. They adore each other. He is so kind. He takes care of her. She is so moved by all of his actions. They have a fabulous, growing love connection. They, they mean everything to each other. Until that day when he says to her, I'll give you anything you want. And she says, if only I could see. Remember the story where he has a surgery where he gives her his eyes. And from that day on, they were never happy again. She could see, but only see superficially. He was ugly. And everything of the internal eyes and ears of the Ra'iya and the Shmiya, which is far greater than the physical one, two, three dimensional seeing and hearing. It just wasn't enough to sustain them. You know, when I say, yes, I see, it means I understand. I hear you, I understand. Human beings are gifted with intellect. That's not information. We shouldn't respect the guy who has a good memory or who can plug a lot of information into his head. We are here to change, to refine ourselves and the world. And that can only be done with combining heart and mind. And the Parsha this week gifts us to see these two brothers Moshe and Aaron. What was Moshe's greatest gift? He was humble. 
Aaron, too, was so humble. They were raised in an incredible home, a home of humility and service. Amram, their father, sixth in the line from Avraham Avinu, was the leader of the generation, the Rebbe of the generation. He served the people in their bitterest times in Egypt. His wife, Yocheved, served the people. What did she do? She was the midwife. She was the one who, even in the most difficult, life-threatening situations, tended to the women as they birthed their babies and so on. Then his sister was Miriam, his older sister, their older sister. What about her? She was the midwife's assistant. She sang to the babies. She helped her mother look after the babies. They are incredible examples. The Torah, the word Torah means guidance, and it's called Torahs Moshe, the Torah of Moshe. The Torah of Moshe is a blueprint for our lives. It's not a series of Bible stories. It's a series of Shema Yisrael to understand our own lives, to work at that, to know that God is ever-present. He is Echad. In the morning, when we say the morning blessings, to sense that we're talking to Him in an incredible, incredible way. Each one of the prayers has so many meanings. And with each word that we say, we need to remember who we're talking to and feel privileged that it's our Father, our King. He's next to us. He's so proud of us. He's ready to give us another day with feeling, with joy. He's always knocking. Unfortunately, very often we don't hear until the knock is very loud. But let's look at the humility of Moshe and at the humility of Aharon. Moshe is humble. And in this week's Parsha, he takes care of Aaron. He dresses Aaron. He inaugurates Aaron. It's a glorious Parsha. He serves as a Kohen. But it's Aaron whom he dresses in the glorious eight garments of the high priest. And it is Aaron of whom he's so proud. Aaron, who is his older brother, who merits to be the Kohen. The position of Kohen is higher, Kohen Gadol, higher than the Levi. But there was always that incredible love and devotion and humility who was Aaron? Aaron was so humble. And his great privilege he felt, which he felt unworthy of, was to serve in the Mishkan. What does that mean? Aaron had the privilege of doing the service of the offerings, the menorah, the incense, the showbreads, and thereby to draw down God's presence, not only in the world and in that place, but into the heart of each and every one of us. He felt unworthy, as it were. 
If you look at the word Aaron, he has the same letters as the word near e to appear, to be seen. His privilege was to make God openly seen in this world. It was in his essence, in who he was. A few weeks ago, we got the Torah at Sinai. In the next week, Mishpatim, it begins with the story of a bondsman and a bondswoman. And the message, of course, is to be dedicated, to serve, to serve Hashem. We are God's servants, privileged. We're not talking about slavery. We're talking about whoever's next to a king, they bow down to him as well. He too is royal. As Hashem says, Ki li Yisrael avodim. They are my servants, avodaihem. They are my precious servants. That's our relationship here with God. And when you serve, what did we see? Aaron in all his glory. He didn't feel worthy. He had tremendous humility. But that being a servant of God brought him and the subsequent generations of priesthood incredible privilege. What is Aaron's great hallmark? His hallmark is love and peace. In last week's Parsha, Hashem described to Moshe how to build a home for Hashem, a mishkan. And in this week's Parsha, the service, how it would happen. We'll be right back after this short break. You're listening to Conversations with Mashi only on 101.9 High FM. Amashi Lipsker, Agutner of Shabbos, Afreilichen Purim. Today is Purim Koton, and yes, we can wish each other a joyous Purim. When Adar came in, we began to focus on incre- increasing Simcha. And with each day, especially this year, in a leap year, we have 60 days of joy. And we need to actually work on that joy. What's the best way to have joy is to give joy. Happiness is the only thing that the more you give it, the more of it you have. Other things you give away, you don't necessarily have them anymore. This one, wow. Keep on making others happy. And the question will be, how? So in the Parsha this week, we encounter Moshe and Aharon. And Aaron is being inducted. This is his inauguration into the service with garments and with acts of service. What is the first act of service? It's sacrifice, karbonois. Before even entering the holy area, outside the holy area, there was a mizbeach, there was an altar described in the Parsha last week. And Aharon's service began with Korbanois. Now it's very hard for us as human beings to understand why in the world Hashem would want us to slaughter an animal and offer it up. And it says 
l'reach nichoyach l'Hashem, that this will be a, a pleasing smell to transcendent God. Why? We don't know. However, the word korban includes the word karov, close. And the first thing we need to know in building a relationship is to come close to someone is to do for them what they want, what's important to them. In fact, that's the basis of a relationship. At Sinai, we said, and that was basically, we're going to do whatever you ask us to do. Yes, we will study about it, but action comes before understanding. And it takes a lifetime of study or living with a person to perhaps begin to understand. Maybe we'll never really understand because two people are opposites, especially a man and a woman. And God in his wisdom wants us to bridge, to connect, and to make what's called shalom bayit, peace in the home. And the word peace or shalom or says shalom bim romav is very unique. What does it mean that God makes peace on high? It means that he brings left and right together. The angel Michael, the angel Gabriel, the angel of fire, the angel of water, or the angel of love and the angel of awe. There is so much going on in heaven and certainly in creation of the world. We're told that when God created the world, he created fire and water and the heavens were made of that. He brought something spiritual revealed into a physical way. This is our life. Heaven and earth, fire and water, man and woman. And in a marriage, all of those have to be respected, worked on, incorporated. Man is made in a physical world. He sees everything around him, wants things. That's how God made us. From the time we're babies, we favor material things, pleasures. But when God came down on the mountain, infinity, infinite spiritual God came down into this world, connecting heaven and earth, making peace as it were, the potential for peace is there. And that's where Aharon comes in. He is a man of peace. And he brings us close to Hashem. He brings the offering. A word for offering is korban. But in order to begin to understand, we don't know if we'll ever really understand, we have to do. We start with korban, a sacrifice. We must give of ourselves. It will bring us joy. We need to give, not because we think, but because we know that it's the right thing. To do, to transcend, makes us close to Hashem. He put us into this world. He is one. We are part of that plan. We are privileged to partner with him.
But when we do, he blesses us exceedingly. We need to start to feel him in every aspect of our lives. He made us feel as if we're independent. Our work is to serve, to make an effort to feel his presence. What was Aharon's hallmark? In Ethics of Our Fathers it says, and we know it so well, he loved peace. In other words, in a literal sense, he couldn't bear it when people were at odds with each other. But in a greater sense, he loved to make peace between heaven and earth, between Hashem and his people. That was the nature of his service. He pursued peace in a superficial way. Yes, he went out of his way to do whatever he could to make peace between people who were at odds with each other. But he also did that in the tabernacle. It wasn't about him. He did everything he could to bring the unity, the shalom of God into the service, put himself aside. And then it says, He loved God's creations. You didn't have to be fancy for him to love you. He loved everything God had made. If God made a person, if God made a mitzvah, if it was God saying, bring that offering, that incense, light that candle, bring that bread, he felt so privileged. He brought connection. And through his service, he brought us all closer to the teachings of God. If people were at odds with each other, he went out of his way, and he did his best to show people the way to true love, peace, harmony, and happiness. And in the Ethics of Our Fathers, he starts off by saying, Be of the disciples of Aharain. Learn from Aharain. Love peace. Pursue peace. Love people and draw them close to the teachings of Tyra. You will have done so much for yourself and for the other. Look at the name of Aharon, near Eh, appears. Things will become clear as Aaron did in the tabernacle through following God's instructions through Moshe exactly. And Moshe, whose name's not mentioned, but he's called Va'atah, you, your essence. In this type of service of giving to others and being humble, of studying Torah, we reveal our essence that transcends what we look like, that transcends what is external. May it be there for everyone. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Conversations with Mashi only on 101.9 High FM. I'm Mashi Lipsker, and we're talking heroes. Are our heroes people with physical accomplishments or physical abilities or physical prowess? Or is it a person who is genuine, giving, loving, 
and connected to Hashem Himself, whom we admire. So Moshe's name is not mentioned in the parsha because it's about his essence. Aaron, so humble, dressed in glorious garments, but with the tremendous dedication to bringing the people close to Hashem. We need to realize that the Torah talks to us about every day. It talks to us about every minute. So I'm going to share with you as we close something very special in a prayer that we say every day. It's called Ein Kelokeinu. And there are five phrases where we say, there's no one like our God. There's no one like our Lord. There's no one like our King. There's no one like our Savior. And we go on to say, who is like? And then we say, praise our God, our Master, etc., etc. But there are five words here that change, although the four descriptions of God as Elohim, Adon, Melech, and Moshiach, God, Master, King, and Savior, Give us insight into the journey. We want to discover God. We want to go within. Where do we start? We want to develop our inner selves. Here we go. The first word is Ain. Ain means we don't see him. He's not here. But in truth, in Hasidic teaching, the word Ain, Ayin, like in Psalm 121, refers to the loftiest levels pre-creation, that level of God is what we're trying to bring down into this world. How do we do it? Second one, me. Me means who. We have to explore. We have to try and discover, study from authentic sources and authentic teachers. And then the middle one, so important, Nodeh. Thank him for everything. Train yourself. Use your eyes and ears to see the blessings, the abilities, the gifts he's given you on a minute-to-minute -minute basis. Raise your eyes to the heavens and see the expanse. Look into a word in your sitter and realize the privilege. Noide, gratitude. Begin to thank him, the King of Kings. And then... Baruch, bless, but also draw him down. The word Baruch is analogous to the word, the root of the word Berachni. We draw him down through our practical mitzvahs, through our words of blessing, through our saying Tehilim, through our coin in a tzedakah box, for these are his wishes. And ultimately the word Atah, which is the first word of our Pasha. Ata you. And Ata is second person. Ata who Elokeinu will see him, will feel him, will be able to speak to him in the second person. Ata who Elokeinu, you're our God. We see you, we feel you. Ata who Adoinenu, you're our master. Ata who Malkeinu, you are our king. Ata who it's you. We have done the work. 
we've been able to reveal him in our lives. Good Shabbos.